Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Welcome back, my kindred, to Blood and Syrup, a Vampire the Masquerade live play podcast. I am Savanya Dracul, your host through this world of dark. In the wake of the Neonote Nostra's invitation, Dr. Holloway arrived with troubling news. With all the additional kindred having recently arrived, the blood reserves are running dangerously low. People are showing up to donate blood already drained, and Stella Carson, who is single-handedly running the hospital, is dying. After much deliberation, Everett agreed to embrace the comatose Stella for the sake of the town, but now that she's awake, how will she feel about what her sire did? Abandon hope, all ye who listen here. Everett, you are on your way to talk to Stella Carson. But before we do that, it has been a number of days. And though you all work every day of the week in these jobs, uh, there are those brief, I would say, moments to hours, depending on the day, where you are not just working cases at all times. This is very critical, so it's clearly got a dominant hold on your schedule. There's no question Everett is doing this as many hours as he can possibly be awake. Uh, But is there anything that the other three of you would have been wanting to do during your off time? I never want to skip time and leave you without the ability to live your lives. Val, is there anything that you would have been up to outside of work? Val really wants to get her car back because it was still in the shop. I think she feels very unmoored without her car. Uh, And if there was any other time, man, there's so many things to investigate with (laughs) love to find out more about the Note Nostra before we end up going there in two weeks. Um, okay, all, yeah, yeah. It, yeah, <laughs> and one of those things was she wanted to interview Kevin and Kamala because they had apparently talked to Daria, who works for the Note Nostra, so, like, is there any connection there? I, there's so many things. Val is just <laughs> torn to pieces at this point. <laughs> so Val has some investigations to do, which is reasonable. So yeah. let's let's do a couple of rules for these. Uh, for regarding your research in Calgary, this will be the the preliminary checks. This is going to be a couple of checks we'll do for right. you to kind of paint a, a fuller picture. Uh, but let's do investigation, and mm-hmm. I would say probably intelligence because you're you're studying from afar as opposed to kind of boots on the ground. You don't have enough time to right. go to Calgary and like wander around. I know Val would love to, but man, yeah, she is stuck here, so. Here we go. Hmm. Nothing. No successes. <laughs> Not oh. Val's strong suit. Thinking hard, zero things in that brain. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just making a note of that for future for our track of what's going on in Calgary. Though, honestly, it doesn't uh, surprise me and it doesn't surprise Val uh, to hmm. look in from the outside and try to figure out what's going on in Calgary. It's been known for a while that Calgary is functionally a vampire civil war. After the yep. assassination of Cleopatra, the New Haven reps and society members bailed out and the Note Nostra went to war with itself. Uh, Damien Black's people are at war with classic Note Nostra that was originally in Calgary. And because that's going on, and it is tremendously violent, but they are also maintaining the masquerade because they don't have New Haven's bonus of everybody knowing vampires are around. They have an ironclad grip on the media, and you know they are mind-wiping people left, right, and center, and it's very much designed. Also, 
all of the people involved are trying to keep what they're doing secret from the other people so they don't get murdered. So it's very hard for you to gather any distant intelligence. Yep. So your ability to kind of study the news and figure out what's going on, it's functionally negligible. And even the few low-level contacts that you could reach out to aren't willing to say anything over the phone. Totally. They're all paranoid yep. about being bugged, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. So sadly, you get nothing, but that confirms things are still just as bad as you expected. It's not yep. comforting, but it also means nobody's won yet. Because mm. if somebody had won, people would just be towing a party line of some kind, and instead everybody's pretty cagey. So it's a it's a neutral, but it's a neutral. Uh, can you roll me an investigation and wits for trying to chase down Kevin and Kamala? That's two successes. Two successes. Kevin and Kamala have disappeared. Fuck. They were Uh. both working at the gas station. You can confirm that they were around, but when shit went bad, they fucked off immediately. You're not entirely surprised. It was a very big bust. Uh, However, based on your successes, you can't tell if they were actively involved or if they were cluelessly involved and then had met you and were like, I got to get the (laughs) fuck out of here. Val is going to ruin me. Well, Behal had plans to do that, so I guess smart on them, so. Yes, so there is the possibility if you want to dive deeper into that, you may be able to track them down, but they're outside New Haven. So again, it would mm. mean you'd have to kind of go on the road okay, to chase them down. And what was the third thing you wanted to do? I think there were I three. Want, I want my car back. The car back. <laughs> yes, you have your car back. It is incredible in New Haven, but for some reason, the people who are keeping everyone alive, especially after fucking up a whole invasion... Uh, made friends with the Bruja. So Ripcord has put it all together. Uh, Cherry is back in your possession. Stronger and meaner than ever. Oh, mm-hmm. that's nice. Can you roll me, I would say, persuasion or leadership? This is for how, what the, how the Bruja feel about you. Yeah. Uh, along with a charisma or strength. Oh. Because do you think that Bruja's opinion of you is based on how strong you are or how likable you are? I don't think it's how likable I am. (laughs) Though though Val did, I think Val talking to the Bruja about this afterwards would be very, like, good fucking job kicking ass. You were right. Kind of, hey, (laughs) thanks for having our backs. That's three successes. Great. They have sent you back Cherry, but Cherry has also been reinforced. It is clearly a thank you for letting them fuck things up. (laughs) The note on the car said, this car fucks now. That's all it says on Cherry. Um, And when you look through it, you can see that there have been uh, reinforced panels built into the sides and the rear. Uh, If you're going to use Cherry uh, in combat in future or have to take cover behind Cherry... We are now in the world of Cherry functions like a Hollywood car instead of a real-life car, where in real life you can really only... This is a note to anyone who is out there ever. Only the engine block will stop a bullet. The rest of a car, it just goes through. Don't believe what the movies show you. Uh, (laughs) But Cherry is the real-life exception, which has been reinforced the whole way around. So Cherry will be, A, more resistant to damage, and B, any of you can use Cherry as hardcover at any point from any direction. Yeah. So you want to open a door... And, like, have the window rolled down and use that as cover, that will be the same as hiding behind a brick wall. It's just Sweet. tankier vehicle for you. Awesome. Well, that at least 
one good thing happened at <laughs> this time. Yeah, and you flip the card over and it says bulletproof glass is too expensive. So you didn't get that. But That's if fair. you save up or find some cash at some point, that would also be an option because you can invest in Cherry over time. I'd like you to think of Cherry at this point with the amount of times that Cherry's been rebuilt. And we've established through your you know, morality and humanity checks that you're comfortable with those changes. Mm-hmm. We're now reaching the point where Cherry is like one of those cars in the Mad Max video game where you can add things to Cherry as you wish. You've moved beyond the purity of this is the exact car that I was given by Sheriff Cross. Right. So like, this is the spirit of Sheriff Cross. I should put a bulletproof vest on it. Exactly. Oh, that's <laughs> lovely. <laughs> Evangeline, is there anything you would have been doing with your downtime in, in, a, in a broad or specific sense? Um... You know, Evangeline heard the words Blue Rose Hotel, and that really kind of transported her back a little bit to, I don't know, eight months ago. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, not Um, that long. It's not that long. Um, And obviously a lot has changed since then. Um, So she would just want to do... A, a, just a, a tiny, a, a light investigation. Um, I say that because she doesn't want to like tip anyone off that she's looking into it or like make it seem serious, but she would want to contact her human contacts, um, you know, like a Jack's Rider type or maybe someone a little more friendly that she knew in Calgary and ask like, Hey, is what's with what's the Blue Rose Hotel to humans? To humans is in brackets that just in her mind. Yeah, I figured that that'd be a weird thing to add to the the question yeah. if you're speaking to someone. Would you call Jack's writer? Who would you call? Um, do you, she she would just call uh the station that he works at, not necessarily for him because they, they I mean everyone there would still. They they would be aware of her. Obviously, she doesn't want to call, like, her old, her former station, because I think that's just, like, you know, she ate a person in the bathroom there, so. That's true. That's very <laughs> true. She did. And so that. just as as kind of, like, a little, a little bit of, like, a journalistic, like, favor, like, hey, we used to, you you know who I am, just wondering, yeah. Have you ever so, have you ever had to investigate the Blue Rose Hotel, that kind of thing? So you call up uh, the station, mm-hmm. and the phone picks up and says, "Yeah, what? Hello." Uh, hi, uh, uh, this is uh, Evangeline Clark. I don't, I don't know if you you remember me. Um, I, I used to uh, Evangeline Clark. I I I, I used to work for uh, for for the other <laughs> news station. <laughs> All right, what can I do for you? Um, I, I just had a, a bit of a, a favor to ask. Uh, just wondering if there's if there's anyone there who's uh, who has any information about the the Blue Rose Hotel. What, just, just doing what do you a, want to know? Just, Should we I'm look just, into it? Oh gosh, no! I'm just doing a little kind of historical piece on it, and just wondering if if there was anyone there who might have looked into it recently, just to get like the modern flavor. Yeah, the only person who's looked into it is uh, Jack's Ryder, but we fired him. He's done. He's crazy. Wait. Why? 
Why, why did, sorry, could you be able to share why he was fired? Oh, yeah, I hate that fucking guy. Uh, basically, we fired him because he went crazy after his cameraman got murdered. Right. Um, do you have a forward any forwarding contact information? I'll give you his number, but when he picks up, you have to tell him to go fuck himself. That's the deal. <laughs> uh, and what's... I'm sorry, I didn't get your name? Yeah, based on this deal that I'm offering, I'm not giving you my name. Okay. And What's then he the... gives you the number. <laughs> okay. Th thank you. All righty. Bye. Bye. Oh. <laughs> Do you want to call Jack's Ryder? I mean, he doesn't know that it was me. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. He does not know that the murder was you. Right. Um. So eventually, just like she'll this happens over a course of a couple days right we have yeah yeah it's, it's been five yeah. days where you'd been actively looking into this case so it's not like you, this yeah. is all a continuous phone call so yeah we're we're, we're, we're speed running the, yeah, the home cool. time of this she would she'd wait until the next evening to kind of like compose herself um because that's this is it's all very upsetting um poor poor jim it was jim right yeah um R.I.P. Yeah, she'll call oh she'll call Jax. Oh shit. Hello? Hi. Um I'm looking for Jax Ryder. Yeah, this is Jax Ryder. This is Jax Ryder right here. What's going on? You got a tip for me? We um, both know shit's going down in Calgary. We both know shit's going down, and nobody's talking about it. Um, okay. Uh, sorry, Jax, this is, this is Evangeline. Um, you fucking piece of shit. I'm sorry? Everything started going bad, and my memories started dipping, and I can't keep track of stories, and it all started after Will died, and you were there that night. Will? I can't remember his name. I can't remember his name. I just picked one. I picked a name. I picked a name for the cameraman because I can't remember it. Oh, yeah. I was so sorry to, to hear about Jim's loss. Um, Great. Tell me that it's Jim. His name's Jim. His name is Jim. <sighs> okay. Tell me about fucking. Tell me about Will. What did you do to Will? How are you involved? How are you involved in the conspiracies going on in Calgary? I'm I'm so sorry. Jax, for for your losses and, and everything that's happened, um, I, I just I got your contact information from from your old station. I just uh, I'm just doing kind of like a, a historical piece on the Blue Rose Hotel, and they said that that you'd been you were the one who was kind of looking into it, and just wondering if you had any you know information, any like modern history that i could add just as uh, just as some flair yeah they got a restraining order against me in that place i've been trying to go in i've been trying to see what's going on i can't remember what happens inside i can't i've gone in three times and i can't remember what happens inside and then and then and then they claim that i was doing bad stuff that's not what i do i find answers i don't do bad stuff so all, all i'm saying is it's it, it's involved you're involved and it's involved i'm sorry what am i i'm i'm sorry Jax, but i'm not involved in anything i'm just it's an old building, and I'm just looking at its history. 
I'm so sorry. Do you know what? I can I you roll have me a charisma and persuasion? Yeah. Uh, is hunger back at one? Yes, yes. Yeah. Hunger is back at one, and you all will have been. You're in the hospital, so you're also getting healed. So consider yourselves all back to full health after your mm. your combat. charisma and persuasion. Is this? And this is, deception? I mean, you said you're not involved with the conspiracy that is yeah, robbing yeah, him yeah. of his memory in the hotel and that this is a historical project, so I think it's a lie. Okay. That is a critical success plus four more successes, so pretty <laughs> successful. <laughs> All right, so you... Okay, so you're not involved with the hotel. You're not involved with the hotel. Okay, okay, okay. You're not involved with the hotel. That's good to know. That's good to know. I'm putting it all together. You're not involved with the hotel. But you're still involved, and I'm going to find you. I know what you did to Will. Uh, and then he hangs up on you. Uh. Well, that could have gone better. <laughs> and. I mean, obviously, Jack's... <laughs> Know something's going on. <laughs> That's fucking weird. But there's nothing she can do about it from here, so... Great. The people don't know. Yeah, and, and you can assume, based on your number of successes in the overall conversation, that Jax is the loudest and most paranoid of anybody who would be looking into any of this, and he doesn't know anything. So yeah. for general people yeah. who aren't necessarily going to keep walking back into a building where they can't remember things and try to make like a public war out of it... Odds are they don't know anything, and they're not looking into it. Yeah. You also know with him wandering around raving, it's not like the news people are like, I think he might be onto something. We should trust <laughs> this guy. Like, nobody's yeah. following up on his tips at this point. Cool. It seems like more sinister, like, like, a uh, muggle, like, rules for muggles around, like, magical stuff. Like, yeah. They yeah, don't, rem- on- they, it's like much, <laughs> it seems like much worse than that, though. That the, Can you roll me... Uh, and either intelligence or wits, if it's like what you actively know about vampires and you're thinking about it, intelligence, if you're just yeah. trusting your gut for like your impression of the scene, it would be wits. And then I would say awareness. I'll do intelligence. Or occult. I have nothing occult. Fair enough. Uh, one success. God damn. One success. Uh, yeah, it sounds like there's a possibility that a good chunk of this could be him just having a breakdown. It's yeah. tough for you to eliminate that with the sheer amount of stress that he would have been under between a murder that you know Sheriff Cross had said they'd basically gone around and wiped memories about that having that murder take place, missing those memories could absolutely trigger somebody into a spiral. Yeah. At the same time, you also know, again, we're saying pretty surface on this, but you've seen when... Your, your dear friend Doris messes with anybody's minds. Uh, it's not the subtle muggle version of Hogwarts. The nice thing is, I could literally say that to Evangeline, who's definitely read the Harry Potter books. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's more like hitting somebody with a sledgehammer. So in terms of removing memories, right. especially if it was done multiple times, that could absolutely yield what looks like psychosis as somebody's paranoia. You know, you're only paranoid if you're wrong is the classic saying. And yeah. Jax isn't wrong about a lot of things, but he's lacking the evidence to really back that up. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I, really, Evangeline, uh, part of what she wanted to know was, like, how, is is the masquerade still kind of working in Calgary, just, like, with New Haven so close and everything? And it seems that it is. 
Yes, the masquerade appears to be very strongly enforced. Evangeline, you're also somebody who would look into details. Could you give me an intelligence and investigation? Yeah. Rolling like shit. One success. One success. Uh, You look into the Blue Roads Hotel in a technical sense, trying to get into the paperwork, trying to look at ownership and other things. The only thing you find is that the ownership of the Blue Roads Hotel actually shifted the day of the assassination of Cleopatra. That makes sense. Who owns Uh, it it now? It shifted from somebody who... You've, you've got enough experience now, I think, having access to vampire databases and also having been able to look at a lot of the covers and the masks of the vampires who were moved into New Haven. Mm-hmm. It doesn't appear that this was a mask for, you know, a vampire for the owner. Uh, it appears that this was a mortal owner changing over to another mortal owner. Uh, only the mortal who owned it previously also died the day of Cleopatra's death. Mm. So your guess would be hostile takeover of building at same time yeah. as assassination, which suggests a level of organization that is deeply uncomfortable. Yeah. And, and there's nothing that... to say that this could, like, the new mortal owner, like, couldn't be a ghoul or something, right? Oh, absolutely they yeah. could be. Uh, yeah. It's just they're not living outside their lifespan. It's not a mask. Like, it's not a yeah. fake ID that a lot of vampires would have to carry. Uh, okay. That is a fact that could be of interest, you would know, to your coworkers, uh, specifically probably Doris the most, but also yeah. Val, uh, because the theory has been that the assassination took place and then just a bunch of shit went down and people moved into town and that was the war started afterwards. But this means there's See, more a coordination. very, very slight. This is, this is a very slim, again, this is a one success level of evidence. But that is yeah. the first hint that you've seen that it may have been more organized altogether than just she got killed and oh fuck who did it because just assassinating cleopatra it could be any major figure in the camarilla the sabbat the anarchs anywhere she's a pretty big kind of divisive figure Mm -hmm. doris what have you been doing outside of your your time with the gang? You're limited by the fact that you can't ever have used technology for any of it. You've mainly been going back and forth from work, but I always just love to know what Doris is up to on her own time. I'm knitting fun costumes for my cats. <laughs> Amazing. You're not aware of this, but it's been helping Troy do gangbusters on TikTok. Um, <laughs> what do... Or, oh, no. So here's the first thing. Let's do uh, dexterity... And craft. Can you give me a roll? Oh my god. I forget to see craft. Um, craft? Craft. Oh my god. Oh, that's yeah. a new one. <laughs> Nobody's built anything in a while. Yeah. That's true. Oh, that that there are no successes on this. <laughs> no successes. That doesn't mean they're they're that you didn't make costumes. You still did. They're just not that great. No. You know, like <laughs> I would love to hear uh, the three of the outfits you made what Doris was intending and what they ended up looking like. (laughs) So, we open on Tabby Cat (laughs) wearing the shittiest Bumblebee costume of all time. (laughs) It has too many legs. It has not enough wings. It's purple. We don't know why. Um, Cut to uh, a gray and white cat um, wearing... uh, a blood drop costume. Ooh. 
Um, uh, for the record, everyone on this call just started nodding. I just need the whole <laughs> audio medium to know that we were all like, oh, good call. Excellent. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Here for Except it. she tried to make it like an interactive costume with like fun, like, like blood packets sewn in because they oh thought it'd be God. funny. But they just leak like everywhere. Squibs. <laughs> yeah. And so it's There's just, a blood <laughs> shortage. Doris. Is it real? It's gotta be. Yeah. <laughs> well, if anyone's gonna get mad, then she's gonna claim it's like red dyed food uh, water with food coloring. Um, <laughs> listen, boss, you're not the boss of me. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> So this cat is walking along in this blood drop costume, occasionally just trailing blood all over the floors. And it's very disconcerting to anybody who doesn't understand what's going on. Um, And then the third one just has a wig. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That looks like an old man's toupee um, that she's like crocheted herself. Aww. Um, but the cat hates it, so it keeps shredding it. <laughs> Excellent. Can you roll me a... I will say charisma and animal Ken. <laughs> okay. Uh, that's two successes. Shockingly the cats seem to grow even closer to you because of the costumes. You 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 don't know why, but they are into it. Sometimes they'll shred them, but even then they seem satisfied and to have enjoyed the shredding. You know, classic cat <laughs> stuff, I say, as a non-cat owner. Um, but no, it's, it's, it's a success. And I Great. think all the frustrations of the investigation, uh, it, it all carries through. Also, the first couple of days were with the computer, so you could straight up do some of your knitting and costume making while you were working because it was really just you sitting next to Troy while he did yeah. your job. <laughs> yep. I'm getting Everett. the most judgmental look from Tyler right now. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry. Once it's back to paper, she can really help. That's I the can. thing. Now, now she can do her job. Whether she will, none of us know. <laughs> that, however, all happened in the past. Mm. Everett, you are walking through the hospital, the general hospital, mm-hmm. on your way to meet Stella, who's woken up as a vampire that you have sired. What are you feeling as you walk through the hallways towards her room? Uh, I think I'm mentally preparing for a monster to be in the in the room. Mentally preparing for... Um, Stella Carson to have died in her bed when I fed her my my blood. Um, and if she's anything more than a ravenous, blood-sucking beast, then, hey, that's great. Uh, if she wishes for death immediately, I wouldn't blame her, and I will try to honor those wishes. All right, so serious thoughts, but also decisive ones. Um, you're, you're not walking through uh, questioning yourself. You're walking through wondering what the outcome will have been for her. And you're led down a hallway of more public rooms 
Two more private ones. You can see that they have a small number of rooms that have been set off center that have padded walls that are kind of more, A, the ability to lock from the outside. The doors are incredibly reinforced. Uh, you can see they've taken some of the bank vault technology and turned this into these four rooms at the end of the hospital. And can you roll me a wits and, I would say, investigation? Or awareness, God, if you just want to scared. trust your gut. But let's lean into the role that should be good and then <laughs> never is. Yeah, exactly my thoughts. This was the last role that turned out so well for us. All right. Holy shit. Um, three crits on non-hunger dice. <gasps> nice. Uh, a one on a hunger die, but no other ones. Uh, so one regular success and then three crits. Yeah, that's like five or six. That's uh, a lot of successes. Uh, you immediately realize what these rooms are for, which is for very damaged vampires or for vampires who are going into a frenzy. It is a, a room that is designed room to be able frenzy to contain wing. them in a safe way. Uh, this isn't a room. It's not like a jail cell specifically for that purpose, but it is functionally a way they can isolate uh, frenzied vampires and then theoretically pass blood bags to them until they pull their shit together in a way that allows them to protect the hospital staff. Because you do know that there are a number of mortals also working in this hospital who couldn't handle if a vampire, say, came in with sunlight damage or had been exposed to a fire or something like that and still has a chance of going into a fear frenzy. Because vampires who go into a frenzy kill a lot of people uh, before they calm down. So it is rewarding for that. And I will also say it is something you can note for yourself in future if you are running out of jail cells in your like station you could commandeer these four additional rooms uh in future as you do that they don't have them for the hospital but your capacity just went from three cells to seven right okay which make a note of your character sheet you may yeah, not think yeah. you'll need it now you may never need it but if you do you do when you get to the end the final room uh Gorbong is standing there outside the door. As you remember, Gorbong is the Nosferatu who runs the place. She's nearly seven feet tall. I mean, doesn't run the place. She, like, walks through the place. Uh, nearly seven feet tall and incredibly over-muscled to that degree. If you've seen the cows or the dogs that don't have the, the muscle inhibition gene and they have one that gives them, like, twice the muscle mass as normal, just an obscene amount of muscle on Gorbong. And Gorbong looks down at you and says, if you hadn't done it, I would have. Uh, and then Gorbong opens the door uh, to let you in to see Stella. There's a cot inside the room as you head inside. Stella's sitting on it very calmly. Uh, she's back in her regular street clothes. She doesn't have her white jacket on that she would normally have while working as a nurse. She's paler than normal. She clearly has not entirely mastered the blush of life. Then again, you're also a vampire and everyone here is, so it's not as necessary a skill for someone to learn. Right. The thing that's a relief to you is that she looks healthy. She doesn't look like a, a gaunt, sickened version of herself. She appears to have fully recovered and be an undead version of Stella at her most alive, uh, if that makes sense. She's knitting, okay. and she looks up at you and just says, Oh, you came. So you're kind of my dad. Oh, uh, I don't know about all that. Uh, just... Uh... Just trying to do what's right in, in the moment, you know. Uh, how are you feeling? Uh, better now. I, I woke up after the first night, and then they tried to feed me blood, and I, I threw it up everywhere. 
mm-hmm. and then I frenzied, and then I went into torpor, and then we had a couple of those. Luckily, Holloway's pretty good. Uh, we know that Ventru can be an issue with what you're going to eat, and we didn't know what my limitation was, so we started using the blood of people on staff so we could try to track down exactly what it was, and we figured it out. I can only eat people who do crafts. They have to oh. knit, or they have to, like, making things, or something like that, and I can drink that blood. I can't drink blood from anybody who doesn't. Which, honestly, she looks down at the knitting she's doing. She's like, it feels pretty appropriate. Were we already tracking that kind of information from donors? Yeah, well, we kind of have to for the ventru of the area, because they right, all right. need exactly what they eat. So, all right. we, we haven't had a new ventru that didn't know in a while which is why there were so many days of vomiting blood and passing out over and over again. Just trial, trial and error. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. Right. So, uh, uh, thank you for doing this. You want to thank me? Well, I was dying, and then you gave me the only treatment that would save me. And you're also going out on a limb... Because, like, whatever I do now apparently reflects on you. So if I go do something terrible, it's like you did it. And that's a lot of commitment for a vampire. You guys live forever. Yeah, hang on. Sorry, I just got to change gears mentally here. I was uh, expecting a different kind of conversation. Uh, What were you expecting? uh, It's... it's not important now. What's important is that you're, you know, you're starting a, a new life. I mean, I've made this choice, you know, knowing that it was a big responsibility, but I, I also made it because you already have a big responsibility here in the hospital. You already are a, a very important person to this whole town, whether you know that or, or not. Oh, well, that's Did you know that flattering. about yourself? I just put my head down, do my job, do some knitting. You know, I'll look after people when I can. I don't think I'm doing anything too special. Well, you are. And uh, if keeping your head down, doing your knitting and doing the work when, when you need to do it is how you've been doing it, we just want you to carry on doing that. Well, is pardon that my French, but darn, that's pretty nice. Uh, darn, see what you did there with the crafting. That's clever. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I guess uh, I heard we're low on blood or something, so I can come help you start figuring that whole mess out. Uh, I do have an awkward request, if you don't mind. Well, I'll, I'll hear it, certainly. Yeah, What what is your request? Uh, so... As somebody who likes to help people and kind of kind of do good and that kind of thing, being a vampire in New Haven is is fine. It's, this checks all the boxes. I can I can make sure people are safe and honestly, it might help me treat vampire patients because I understand more of what's going on. But uh, if this experiment goes away, I'm not okay with being a vampire by the rules of vampires outside of this town. I completely understand. Okay, there, so I don't uh, have to I don't have to say the dark thing that follows this. You completely understand, or do I need to be ultra clear? 
I'm afraid you must be ultra clear because with these kinds of things, you don't want to leave your fate up to someone else guessing. You got to. Yeah, without New Haven, I'm, I'm going to need you probably to destroy me. I understand. And I take that responsibility seriously. And I kind of have an awkward follow up question for you because you seem like a, a moral man, Sheriff Fry. Well, would you, would you would you say that? Uh, I try to be, yeah. If this town fails, there are 150-plus vampires that'll go out into the world and probably start killing people on the regular? Yeah, yeah. If this town's gonna fail, maybe you should consider killing all of them. Jesus. Well, I think uh, consider is is the right word there. Yeah, I, again, I'm really hoping we're going to pull through on this. I am banking on this being great. I mean, clearly, I'm invested in the future. I made myself a new sweater, and I made you this hat. Uh, and she takes out a little purple knitted beanie uh, and offers it to you. I'll take it. Mm. And and put it on, yeah. I'll put it right, on. So you right swap away. your hat for a knit beanie. Uh, <laughs> it looks pretty fucking good. You you can't see it, but I'm just telling you from the outside. Chef's kiss. Excellent. Okay. <laughs> uh, well, thank you, thank you very much for 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 this. Um, yeah, uh, I understand that. Uh, you know, with the role of sheriff, there are some pretty dark tasks that sometimes need to be performed or that I always need to be aware of as being something that I may have to do at some point. So much like you, I, I truly do hope that the experiment in New Haven is long and successful. Yeah, yeah, you, you and me both. I just wanted to flag it because I don't, think from what I've learned of the vampire laws that a sheriff is cares if vampires kill people and it seems like you might I do yeah this is why we're going to get along all right let's let's go do an investigation uh and she will follow you out of this room and go join your team on looking into all of the the blood and all of the other challenges with the shortage going on in the hospital as you see her move you realize only, or actually, yeah, you realize that there are differences. Let's see what those differences are that you spot. Uh, can you roll okay. me a wits and awareness? <laughs> what a delightful new vampire. <laughs> wits and awareness. Uh, not a great roll. Um, four successes. That's a pretty good role in general, I will say. Uh, yeah, I, I guess, yeah. The, for the number of successes, it is good. For the number of dice I've rolled to get four, I'm a little disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what you are realizing as you see her move is uh, Stella is more courted than she was before. You've actually never been able to compare somebody pre-turn to post-turn in such a direct way. Sure. Where you had seen her from sick, but you had also interacted with her a number of times in person and and clocked her because you were really taking in all of the new scenes that you were a part of. She seems stronger. 
She seems more coordinated. You see her bump into a desk at full speed on a sharp corner. No grunt of pain, no reaction to what's happening. You think she's got some of that ventrue fortitude. This woman has always been an emotional tank, and it appears now she is a physical tank. Uh, And you're also noting that now that she has stepped over to the vampire side of things, Stella is team human. And not a lot of people who shift over to the vampire side care about mortals, as you have discovered over time. And the conversation showed that Stella cares about protecting people more than Stella cares about being alive. And it's the first time that you've ever had somebody really present the idea to you of killing all the other vampires might actually be the right thing to do. Mm -hmm. And it's from the nicest lady you've met (laughs) in in this town, which is even more shocking. But, you know, kindness and weakness uh, are not the same thing. Yeah. So you walk Stella back. You walk Stella into your investigation room where the other three of your regular coterie are flipping through an ungodly amount of paperwork trying to track things between the two whiteboards they've set up, a Charlie Day in the It's Always Sunny (laughs) wall of different things pinned with string attached to it, which Doris is using some of to make costumes for cats. Uh, You see Everett Mm -hmm. walk through the door with Stella. What do you all say? Or do, or not say. You have a new hat? Uh, I, I do, yeah. It was uh, very kindly knitted for me by Stella Carson here, who's feeling, uh, well, I'd say all things considered, pretty pretty tip-top. And she's here to give us a hand with going through all of this data here. Now, y'all ain't using computers, are you? Never. I think I've made myself pretty clear about how dangerous the computers could be. So Finally, someone sees my side on this. Right, I don't know good. if ever catches it, but Evangeline looks at the stack of paper, like just like ridiculous pile of paper in front of her, glares at the like broken like laptop beside her and then glares at Everett. Yeah, I think he can't tell because it really is just eyes and foreheads above stacks of paper. <laughs> so you just you can't see what anyone's yeah. doing. Wants to make sure there's no laptops behind there. Val would just give Stella a nod and good to see you on your feet before going back into the paper sticks. <laughs> yeah, and Evangeline was like, you all right? You all right, Stella? Yeah, yeah, I'm, ex- I'm excited to do the work. I figured out, uh, I was worried what my, you know, specific feed type may be as true, but it turns out it's just people who do crafts. I'm okay with that. <laughs> Doris's eyes open wide. Yep, yep, just people who do crap. I was, I was, I'm going to be honest, the darkest version of it would be, I don't know, children, animals. There were a lot that would have been like a no-go, but people who do crafts is fine. I got a bunch of friends. We can, we can make all that work. I'm going to help you guys with this investigation. Happy to be a vampire. Uh, go Team New Haven. Oh, Evangeline stands up and walks over to her and just like, kind of like gently puts her hands on like, kind of the sides of her shoulders and just says like, look, this is like still like pretty new to me too. So if there's anything like you want to talk about, like everyone else is like kind of old and like they don't always get it. So you we can talk, okay? Oh, good, good, good. Because I'm definitely going to need advice from all of you. And then okay. the door to the room bangs open behind Sheriff, uh, behind Sheriff Fry. And you just <laughs> see Barty staggering with a hand on the door, completely out of breath. Just being like, okay, okay, uh, it's not the best, but it's not the worst. I just, 
I want to keep you guys aware of what's going on. Uh, and he produces a newspaper that you have never seen before. And at the top, it just says Ventru News, which means all of you realize that there is now a newspaper in New Haven, which is its own questionable security thing. But the thing that really draws your eye is the photo of Everett on the front cover who is looking at a camera with his eyes squinted, almost making like an I smelled a fart face. <laughs> uh, and at the top, the article just says, Sheriff Fry, totally clueless. And the byline is by Vinland Von Kindred. This episode of Blood and Syrup features the voices of Tyler Hewitt at Tyler underscore Hewitt on Twitter, Claire Blackwood at Claire Blackwood on Twitter, Del Borvik at Deltastic on Twitter, Laura Hamstra at EL Hamstring on Twitter, and storyteller Ryan Laplante at The Ryan Laplante on Twitter. This episode was edited and mixed by Laura Hamstra, and Blood and Syrup's artwork was created by Del Borvik at delborvik.com. That's D E L B O R O V I C. Our theme songs are What's Really Going On Right Now by Chase Allen Willis and Traffic by Kai Engel. And our ads use the tracks No Control and Chiefs by Jazzar, J A H Z Z A R. All of their music is available at freemusicarchive.org. When it comes to Dum Dums and Dice, you can visit our website at dumdumdice.com, our Twitter and Instagram at dumdumdice, and on Facebook at facebook.com slash dumdumdice. We also have merchandise available at redbubble.com slash people slash dumdumdice. And most importantly, you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. Sleep well, my kindred. Sleep well in this world of darkness. Dum Dums and Dice has to give a special thank you to the supreme beings of our Patreon at this time. The Half-Blind Prophet, Christopher Little, Sue One, George Dolby, Richard Cranium, Gavin and Abby McDonald, Logan, Fire Unfriendly, Grandma Likes D&D, Alan, Stabby Stranger, Glitch Trick, Roman Brown, Spot Alan, Flynn1138, Alorain Okapi, OMG, it's Big Nick. D&D and Things, Norma Byers. Schrodinger's Pepper. Guy Edwards. Flea Unit. Madre de Gatos. Lady Maiden. Melissa Rain. Nithrian. Garbo Ape. Locke. Sam Schaefer. And Jill and Noel Laplante. If you want your name to be added to this list, you can join our Patreon too at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. Thanks to them, and a little bit of thanks to you. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish.